been talking about the way, and I'm going to finish this up today uh, because I have another direction the Holy Spirit has spoke to me about uh, in going. But I want to remind you for one last time about the Gallup poll that was recently taken that said that in the United States, those who confess Christianity has dropped below 50%, and actually it's dropped close to, I think it was uh, almost down to 45%. Uh, for the first time since they started doing these polls. It's the first time that we are not at least professing a, 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 to be believers. Uh, those who are uh, agnostic and atheist has actually increased by about 2%. Those who say that they go to church regularly has decreased considerably. But those who say they pray often has increased. So when I when when I, I came across that, it, it struck me as odd of how people are praying more, but going to church less. People are praying more, but confession confessing Christianity less. So I got to asking myself, well, what's the difference? Why? And, and, and the first thing that hit me in my spirit, Shirley, was maybe the church isn't what she used to be. Come on. Maybe we're not just professing what we used to profess. And, and over the last few weeks, we talked about the way being a way that's not ashamed of the gospel, the way it being a, a way of power, a way of faith. And last week we talked about it being a way of praise. Well, that's what we're going to talk about again this week. I just think that praise has to become a huge part of the church as we move forward into this century. Praise needs to be a larger part of who we are. It needs to be a, a larger part of, of what we're experiencing and what we're going through. And, and I want to just put this out real quick that um, about us. In case you wonder, we are a church that does believe in signs and wonders and miracles. We believe that God not only is able, but he's willing. See, a lot of people believe he's able, but not a lot of people believe he's willing. I, that's a whole other message for another time. Because it's a different thing to say, yes, God can, and another thing to say, I know God wants to. Because, and you say, well, how do you know people don't pray for that? Because you say, well, come on, we'll pray for you. And I say, well, Lord, if it's your will. That means you don't know the will of God. T.L. Osborne said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Come on. See, that shows us we can't have faith because we don't know the will of God. When you know the will of God, there is, it becomes a confidence in you. And, and, and so we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. We believe in third heaven experiences that God wants to show you the spiritual realm. You say, well, now, wait a minute. Paul said he knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, he don't know, but he was caught up into the third heaven and was shown great and mighty things. He was even shown things that he couldn't even be released to talk about. Oh, my he told John in Revelation when John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he said, and there was a door opened up into heaven and a voice came out of that door, Dan, and said, come up here. I've got something to show. There is an, always an open door and an invitation for you to step over into the spiritual realm. But you're the only one that can answer that invitation. Amen. Well, I just want to be like those. Then Go. But see, we've been taught that things like this were so weird and we've been taught that they're so scary that we have likened all of this to some weird religion of somebody else. And that doesn't happen in the church. Well, why doesn't it? It happened in the early church. And we always say, I want to go back to the early church. Come on. You know, you're already seated in heaven. Ephesians says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So God has already placed you in the throne room of God. So why not open our spiritual eyes to see? Oh, <laughs> we believe in prophetic voices. We believe that everyone can hear from God. We believe in, in, in visions and dreams. Come on. In Acts chapter 2, 
Peter referring back to what Joel said. Instead of when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions. Your sons and your daughters will what? Prophesy. This is scriptural. This is basic Christianity. We should do a series on it. Christianity 101. <laughs> because I believe the church has forgotten who she really is. And therefore, because she has forgotten who she is, she has lost her identity. She's lost all this that now people are beginning to sway away from her. Folks, people will... You ever seen your neighbor's house catch on fire? Or a house in a neighborhood? What happens? Everybody runs to the door. Let's go stand in, a, in, in, in it and walk, go stand in the yard and watch. See, when something's on fire, it draws attention. Maybe church is on the decrease because she's not on fire anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's time to be attention seekers, attention grabbers again. Maybe it's time that the weird and the miraculous begin to happen in our churches again. Maybe it's time that we begin to see God do crazy stuff and we go out here scratching our heads like flowers growing just because we want them to. See, that meant something to somebody in here. Y'all don't know what that, that's a story behind that. Just because you decide mm, the gifts of the Spirit are for today. We believe it's okay to dance, jump, shout, yell. Folks, when worship and praise is going, you are not confined to that little 24-inch section of ground you, you uh, inhabit. You can move. <laughs> Come on. You can get up. You can walk around. You can grab a flag. You can dance. You can do, why? All of these are, let me tell you something. What's being taught to our kids right now is this very thing. Dee asked me this morning, she said, what, you, what are you preaching on today? And I said, I'm going to continue preaching on praise. She said, <laughs> I said, what are you laughing about? She said, I'm preaching on praise that keeps us free to the kids. <laughs> She's teaching on Paul. It was Paul and Silas in the prison as they begin to lift their voices. And, I, and she read me part of it. She said, and their handcuffs fell off. See, maybe that's what's wrong with the church. We've been handcuffed by religion. We've been handcuffed by a bunch of people who told us what is proper and what is not proper. And we've not just said, you know what? How about we just let God be God and we quit trying to tell him how he's supposed to act. <laughs> we quit telling him how that's just not proper. <laughs> what's proper? You don't change the world with proper. Lastly, we believe in the intoxicating presence of God. In, in, in Acts chapter 2, it says they were in the upper room with one mind and one accord and there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire appeared upon all of them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and those who were in the room looked at them and said, those guys are drunk. Peter said, we're not drunk like you think we are. You notice he didn't say we're not drunk. He just says, we're not drunk like you think we're drunk. See, there is something about coming in and drinking. Amy was singing that this morning. There's something about coming in and drinking from that fountain that will intoxicate you with the presence of God. So much so you'll stagger around, you'll act. Well, what, what does drunk look like? Well, you have all kinds of different drunks. You have crying drunks. <laughs> well, I don't act like everybody else when they're drunk. I just cry when I'm in the presence of God. You ever heard of a crying drunk? Yeah. Yeah. We got the loving drunks. Yeah. They just want to love on everybody. You know, if you're going to get close to me, I'll probably hug you at one point. I'm not going to get into that again. <laughs> but he said, be drunk. In Ephesians, he says, don't be drunk with wine that leads to debauchery, but be filled 
with the Holy Ghost. So there's something about being filled with the Holy Ghost that likens itself to even being drunk. Oh, come on. I know this makes us nervous. But I, I, you, Scott, I don't know how many times I hear people say, I just wish I could see the old church. I'd love to see the church in the early days. I would love to see how they acted. Well, I'm glad you asked. Hebrews chapter, uh, where are we at, 13? Yeah, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. I'm reading from the Amplified. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13. This, this book is written to the Hebrews in the early church. Followers of Jesus in the early church. He said, through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times. This is what our church should look like. Constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the produce, the fruit of your lips. Amen. See, if people say, well, it's in my heart. God knows my heart. Well, if it's in your heart, Bill, guess what? It's got to come out your mouth. <laughs> See, if, if praise is in our heart, if sacrifice of praise is in our heart, he says, then it comes out of our lips. It produces... Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if the heart is full, guess what, how it shows itself? Yep. Hang around somebody and listen to how they talk and you can tell you pretty much what their heart's full of. Amen. <laughs> he said, let us constantly and at all times offer unto God the sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name Hebrews 2 Whew, glory like Brenda said this morning me and her was saying I was talking to her on the stage she said I'm just all messed up she just tangled up in her cords <laughs> that's the way I feel right now shoot that's the way I feel half the time Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12, he says, saying, I will declare thy name to my brother, unto my brethren in the midst of the church, I will sing praise to thee. Not only in the church, how do we know? Because he says in Hebrews 13, constantly and at all times. But while I'm in the church, folks, this should not be the place of quiet, Crickets? I've heard crickets in this room. This big giant parabolic microphone we have as a sanctuary. You can hear a cricket over here and you can hear him back here like he's standing beside of you. You know what one of the most beautiful sounds of today was? Probably the last three or four minutes of worship. When everyone decided they were going to lift their voice. And I'm so glad. I actually looked over at Bob and told him, pull his earphones, earplugs out. Pull, so pull your earphones out. Because I didn't want him to miss what out here sounded like. That's life. That's, that's health. That's healing. That's deliverance. That's salvation. When we decide to lift our voices at one time Amen. in the midst of the church. Now, Paul wrote to the Roman church in, in Romans chapter 15, verse 11. The Passion Translation puts it this way. He said, and again, praise the Lord. All you who are not Jews, let all the people of the earth raise their voices in praise to him. Amen. This is you. I want to see what the early church was like. I would love to be there. There, there. I've just given you three scriptures of what the early church, part of the early church looked like. They raised their voices in praise to God. They raise their voices. Last week we looked at the purpose of praise. What is the purpose of praise? It is to bring glory and honor to God for what he has already done. We look at, at, at the point of praise. What's the point of praise? The point of praise was that we 
direct everything to him. Again, did you notice? Perry, where's is Perry, Perry? Perry's back there. Perry came up with all the music today. Perry picked the music. Did you notice the direction of it all? It was all God directed. I'm telling you, there's a difference. We've got into singing about ourselves and what we've got out of this so much. But when we start singing about him, when we start singing to him, when we start making him the purpose and the point of our praise, it becomes something. It becomes something that is totally different. Now, we've been reading out of Luke 19 about Jesus' triumphal entry. I want to read it today out of Matthew's uh, retelling of that. Go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, I'm going to start in verse 6. Lord our God. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 6, it says, So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Maybe that's our problem. For another day. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Uh, Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to Jerusalem, now here's, here's, a, here's something we need to pick up. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? Who? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Go back to verse uh, 10, Bobby, please. <clears throat> and when he had come to the city, the whole city was moved. Now, I want to tell you something about the praise of the early followers of Jesus. There was a crowd, a multitude of people. That word moved is such a dynamic word that we just kind of overlook it, Brent. That word moved means to vibrate. It means to move from side to side or to and fro. Now, here's a group of people praising Jesus so much that the whole city began to vibrate. Mm. It says, and it began, it, the city was moved. It means to vibrate. It, it does mean to move, but it means to quake. It means to shake. It means to tremble. When is the last time we got so deep in a place of praise, last time we got so deep in just lifting God up that it actually began to shake our courthouse? Yeah. Well now, no, 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 no. Don't well now, me. He says, when the great multitude began to praise that the city moved, it began to vibrate, it began to quake, it began to shake, it began to do. See, there is something about when we begin to worship God as God, not about us, not what we can get out of. We just worship him in the beauty of who he is, that it actually begins, that it actually begins to shake and tremble the very foundations of what everything else is built on. Look what else it did. The whole city was moved and they began to ask the question, who is this? Their praise alone drew attention to God. 
Their praise got everyone's attention. They didn't have to go around preaching. They didn't have to go around yelling at people, screaming at people, holding up signs in the middle of the street. They didn't have to do any of this. Their praise was so powerful that it began to make a whole city tremble. And then people themselves began to ask, who is this? Maybe if we would just become people who praise God constantly and at all times, like Hebrews 13 said, people would go around and say, there's something different about you. Who, what, what's going on with you? You don't act like everybody else. You don't talk like everybody else. You don't look like everybody There's something that's coming out of you. There's a light that shines out of your eyes that's penetrating very who I am. I need to know what do you got that I don't got. We would rather tell people what their future is rather than show them what we already have. Ooh. Ooh. At the same time, it began to vibrate. Today we're going to talk about praise just a little while longer. And I want to end with this because I really hope that these four messages that we've talked about, the way, ultimately changes everything about Harvest Christian Fellowship. I can't change the other places because we're not in the other places. And let me tell you something, this, this has nothing to do with denomination. This has nothing to do with anything other than what believers are Amen. and how believers should act. So jump over to Luke 38. We're going to talk about the position of praise. What is the position of praise? We cannot properly praise God if we don't know our position with God. Mm. Try that over here. We cannot properly praise God if you're unsure of your position with God. If God's always out to get you, it's hard to praise somebody like that. Come on. <laughs> Luke 19, verse 38. We're still talking about the triumphal entry here. The Amplified Classic says it this way. He said, crying blessed, celebrated with praises, is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Freedom from all that distresses, from all the distresses that are experienced as a result of sin and glory, majesty, splendor in the highest heaven. See folks, the first thing you need, we need to understand is praise is the act of an obedient heart. Praise is an act of an obedient heart. It comes from a place where we understand who God is, what God is, and who we are in Him, and then as an act of obedience, we be, if, if it doesn't come from an obedient heart, it's just music and dance. Like bandstand used to say, it's got a good beat, and it's easy to dance to. See, that's for so long what we've, we've traded worship for. We've traded worship for the things that make us feel good. Remember, it's a sacrifice. Sacrifices are not something you always want to do. <laughs> you may not feel like praising, but see, praise is an act of an obedient heart. And, and, and so to bless God in the position of an obedient heart is to show that no matter what we're going through, we will still praise him. Because we know who he is, we already, remember, praise is responding to God for what he's already done. We want to respond to God for what he's doing. Praise comes when we respond for what he's already done. Go to 1 Peter. I'm going to read this one out of the message. Now, somebody asked me one time, why do I read so many translations? Because I start out everything with the King James Version. And then I decide to break down those words into their original language, Greek, or Hebrew, or Chaldee, Aramaic. That's what the Bible was written in. And so then we look for scriptures that meet the, the definition of those original words. And, and, and I like what First Peter says here, and I like how the message puts it. It says, what a God we have. <laughs> And how fortunate we are 
to have him. This is <laughs> what a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This, oh glory, this father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for. We praise him because we've got everything to live for. Woo. He said, including a future in heaven. Ooh. And the future starts now. Oh. We've, we've, we, 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 we want to hold on to the old stuff. In the sweet by and by. Right now, right now, it's all started right now. You're not going to get any closer to God there than you are right now. You can't make God love you any more than why he loves you right now. You can't make God love you any more than the day you came out of your mother's womb. It is now. And so the future is in heaven, but the future is also now. Amen. Oh, glory. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. Ooh. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Maybe we forget stuff like that, Bill, because the bills keep coming. Maybe we forget that verse because the problems are there tomorrow. Or maybe they're there, they're there today. They're, yeah, they're there today. We forget that God's got my future as well as my present. He's got it all under control. What a God we have. We've got everything. What's the worst that can happen to you today? That something kills me and takes me out of here. Woohoo, okay. I hate it for my, my, my kids. You know, I, I did a funeral Tuesday for Shirley Williams. And, and, and one of the things that I said, because somebody asked me at church, they said, are we going to have a, just a moment of silence for Shirley? And I absolutely refused to do it. You know why? When was Shirley ever quiet? Because from the time she walked in the door, she was praising the Lord. I got a call every week saying, I'm still loving Jesus. I still pray. You see, why in the world do we have a moment of silence as some bad thing has happened when victory has already come? See, God's already got your future. He's already got your past and he'll take care of your present. Oh, you can't help but win. No matter what happens in this life, you can't help but win. He's already watching over your every, every, everything. First John. Oh, glory to God. This is the position of praise. This is how I know. Heard a praise leader say one time, a service was getting ready to start, and they said, assume the position. <laughs> Just get in position to praise. Just get in. We don't... We, 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 we use praise and worship as a, as, a, as a group of cheerleaders. I tell worshipers all the time, you're not nobody's cheerleader. You're here to praise. If they get in, fine. If they don't, still praise. Amen. <laughs> I'm messing myself up here. First John chapter 3 verse 1. From the message, he says, what marvelous Love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. You're not a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. You are a child of the Most High. 
and he has extended the entire love of eternity straight towards you. So much so the word tells us that he has put eternity in your heart. So the entire love of eternity is already stretched out towards you. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are. Children of God. See, the position of praise is when you sit back and you understand, I am his child. The position of praise is when we sit back and say, you know what, what great love the Father, my daddy has extended to me. I can sit back and not worry. He's got my future in his hands. My position is I'm already seated in heaven, you know, with Christ in heavenly places. My position is that he has called me his child and is going to love me the same and just as much as he loves Jesus himself. Now, wait a minute, I don't believe God can love me as much as he loves Jesus. Let me ask you this, do you love one of your children more than the other? You might love them differently. I've got a girl and I've got a boy. I'm not going to love the boy like I love the girl because they're different people. They require different, but there is not any degree difference in the love that I have for them. Uh, Now, that's me as a human. The word tells us if me and my love compared to his love is evil. Oh. He says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give unto you the Holy Ghost? He says compared to his love, my love's evil. And if he doesn't withhold any good thing from his children, (laughs) And that is exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, become like him. See, there's coming a day when he, uh, when he appears and he wipes the blinders completely off of our eyes and we'll see just how close the family resemblance really is. <laughs> how much that family resemblance has always been there. Oh, anybody in here ever seen my dad? You believe I look like my father? If you've ever seen my brother, I've got a picture at the house of me when I was about seven years old. And you show a picture of Reese when he was about that age. And you can't tell which is me and which is him. The family resemblance is always there. And when he comes, we will see him as he is for we will be like him. See, the position of praise is knowing that I'm my father's child. I'm my daddy's kid. And I know times may be hard or I may be going through a a, a terrible thing, but I know that I am seated with him, that the family resemblance is so close that he loves me as much as he loves Jesus. And you know what? It becomes a whole lot easier to praise him then. It's easier to get beside myself at that point, Alice. <laughs> Lord our God. Romans chapter 8. Oh my goodness. Romans chapter 8. The message puts it this way This resurrection life. Ah, here it is. This resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid, grave tending life. That's not how God wants you to live. It's not timid. It's not just tending to the grave. Well, I want to die sometime. I'm never going to die. This body may quit, but I don't die. I'll live forever. Guess what? You are too. It's not a grave tending life. 
It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? Mm. Every day should be this adventure from God. We get up, we put our feet, realize the God of the universe is our Father. The one who spoke everything into existence is our Father. We should get up and put our feet on the ground and say, Hey, Daddy, what are we going to do today? What's today's adventure? What's today's plan? What's today's dance? Oh. This is a lifestyle of praise. Mm. What's next, Papa? And God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are. Father and children. We know we are going to get what is coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. <sighs> mm. Joint heirs with Christ. <laughs> That means everything Jesus gets from God, you get from God. Amen. Everything Jesus receives, you receive. Amen. Woo. We, are, we go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we are certainly going to go through the good times with him. This is the position of praise. I'm going with him. No matter what, praise comes from knowing exactly who you are. And lastly, folks, you've got to understand the power of praise. See, the power of praise made a whole city tremble. When Jesus came in his triumphal entry, the whole city began to shake. Sometimes, instead of laying down and crying about whatever's going on in our life, we need to just throw ourselves a good old-fashioned praise party. Amen. Put, <laughs> put on music, do something. Amen. Back here in the back, when Dee teaches every week, and, and this, is, this is something that we intentionally do. This is something she intentionally does. She turns the lights down, after they've done went through big people praise, she turns the lights down, she turns all the disco lights on back there. She may get out balloons, she may get out, and she puts praise music on, and it's called a praise party. See, you know why? Because we want them to get it early. I want Everett to get it at four or five years old, whatever he is. Because when he is in here, praise is just going to be natural to him. It's not going to look weird. Oh, this is just what we do. We dance. We roll. If we, if we, we wave a flag. We do whatever. You see, it's a dance party. You see, it's a praise party. They, we, we've treat, we treat church like it's something different. This should be a praise party. This should be a dance party. It should be a shout party. It should be a roll on the floor. Have a good time with God, with your daddy. Party. <laughs> See, praise will change your life. It shook a whole city. It shook a whole city. And people, some people say, well, I just can't. I don't feel it like I used to. This has nothing to do with how you feel. Remember, praise is from an obedient heart, not from a feeling heart. Well, I feel like it today. That's how, that's how people treat the praise team. Well, I feel today. Y'all better pump me up. You want something out of me, you better play my favorite song. I ain't moving if you don't play my song. <laughs> David said in Psalms 51 verse 12, in Psalms 51 verse 12, he said, restore unto me, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Salvation is about joy. Salvation is about joy. David had gotten away from the joy. 
He didn't ask God to return to him his salvation. He asked him to return to him the joy of that salvation. Come on. Because sometimes we all find this place. I just don't feel like it. It hurts. What I'm going through is bad. And it's been bad for years. Sometimes we just need to fall on our face before God, realize who we are to Him, what He has done to us, that He's got our future, our present, and our past all wrapped up in Him. And we need to say, God, I need that joy of your salvation. And uphold me by a generous spirit. Praise should come natural. See, praise has the ability to change your life. You ever walked in a room where everybody's just bleh and found yourself bleh before it was over? I felt good till I got around you people. <laughs> but have you ever done the same thing and walked into a room where everybody's laughing and everybody's joyous and it's just so contagious? See, praise is the same way. It's joy. People, you know... We've heard the old saying, shout for joy. We act like you shout because of joy. Sometimes we just need to shout for joy. Sometimes you just need to let it out. Sometimes you just need to have a good old fashioned talk with daddy and let him straighten us out. And when I don't even feel it, Bob, I still shout because I know joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in. Sometimes I don't shout because I have joy. Sometimes I shout for joy. I need joy and I need to break something off me. There's something that has come to me and chained me like Paul and Silas and I need to lift up my voice in the midst of the prison I'm bound in so that chains can fall off of me whether I feel like it or not. Praise has nothing to do with the focus of yourself. It has nothing to do with your feelings. It has nothing to do with your failures. It has nothing to do with your shortcomings. Praise is an obedient heart that says, I will lift my voice to God no matter what. Where are we going? Psalms. Go to the next one. 63. We're coming in. Glory to God. God, you are my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such a hunger and thirst for God traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am. Oh, glory. Here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. Perry had no idea that verse was coming out today when he decided to pick a song about coming to a fountain and drinking. I think God's trying to tell us something this morning. He said, your generous love Back that up, Bobby. Let's read two again. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking your strength and your glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim with praise like fountains. Praise should just be coming out your mouth. Just bubbling. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners to you. Oh, glory. You want to know what praise should look like? My lips brim with praise like fountains. My arms wave like banners to you. I eat my fill. I love how the message just puts their own twist on it. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. That shows you this is a paraphrase. <laughs> it's not a translation. But I love that. Yeah, let me tell you how much I love it. Look at me. He said, I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. Oh my God. Woo! 
says, if I'm sleepless at midnight, I spend the hours in grateful reflection. Because you have always stood up for me, I am free to run and to play. I hold on to you for dear life and you hold on to me steady as a post. David did not start this set of scriptures saying, hey, Lord, I'm going through a rough time. God, it's hard right now. No. He started out with the power of praise. He started out, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to do this. The first thing David did was he got his eye off himself and put it over to his help. Amen. <laughs> And then when he finally got around to remembering his problem, he realized it didn't stand a chance against the God he served. Amen. Maybe if we went before God instead of asking for something first, we decided we're going to just spend 10, 15 minutes just praising him. And then when we finally get around to our problem, we go... <laughs> it's not worth it. You got this. I don't even have to tell you about it. You know what's going on. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 from the, 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 the Passion Translation says this, And come and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. For now you serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. He readily accepts your praise. Amen. This is what the early church looked like. And a lot of times, Sheila, it hasn't looked like our churches. It hasn't looked like us at all. We'll leave you with one last scripture. Go to Luke 19, back to Jesus' triumphal entry. Glory to God. <laughs> you ever just had those times when you just feel like you could float out of here? That's the way I am right now. Luke 19. And at the sound of the shaking, you see, you got to read these scriptures together. The city was shaking, vibrating because of the praise. And look what happens. In Luke 19, verse 39, And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered them and said, I tell you, that if these... Hmm. And he answered and said to them, I tell you, that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Thank God we haven't heard the rock singing yet. That tells you there's some people still praising God somewhere. Amen. So I say, why not here? Why not now? Why not us? This praise from this place can actually make Cambridge shake. But it's going to take a group of people who says, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Whether I'm comfortable with it or not. Whether it's out of my... You see, that's one reason why we turn the lights down. That way nobody's looking at you. You do know that there's a purpose to that, right? For all you shy folks. That ain't me. <laughs> Yeah, for people like Brent. <laughs> Folks, a city can be changed. I can't tell you the amount of times that during worship I have seen people come to find a personal relationship with Jesus that they ignored for all that time just because they saw praise and they said, who is this? I don't think I've been introduced to this Jesus. This Jesus don't look like the one y'all talk, everybody else has told me about. 
the white dude with blue eyes. That ain't Jesus. This, I'm telling you about a loving God. A loving Father who is so in love with you. Well, then why do bad things happen? Because there's an enemy and he don't like you. And he'll fight. But I tell you, the, when we assume the position, laying our head back on daddy's lap, and all of a sudden there's a praise that comes when I know he's got my future. He's got my past. And he's got the present that I'm struggling with right now. And then all of a sudden something comes out of my mouth. And it's joy. And it's praise. Remember, I'm praising him for what he's done. I'll worship him for what he's doing and who he is. Father, we thank you for today. <laughs> Glory to God. I thank you for loving me the way you've loved me. I thank you for, for treating me the way you've treated me. I thank you for calling me your son. I thank you for making us sons and daughters of the living God. And I thank you that we are a people of praise. And Father, that we will shake this town. We will shake our community with the praise that rocks in this city won't have to cry out because there'll be a group of people willing to do it. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Don't